This episode is powered by Poddex. Poddex are unique interview questions and episode starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you're a new podcaster or existing broadcaster looking to grow your audience and have more meaningful conversations, you're going to want to check out Poddex. Now, if you want to get 10% off your order right now, you can go to poddex.com and type in coupon code, what's the code? Larry21. Yes, that's the code. Check out poddex.com. Take your podcast to the next level. Welcome to the Mavs Court Report with your host, Larry Elise. Join us every Friday night as we dive into the latest news and headlines surrounding your Dallas Mavericks. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms. Welcome to the Mavs Court Report, your home for all things Dallas Mavericks. My name is Larry Elise, and today we're diving into the latest headlines from around Dallas Mavericks. But first... We'd like to thank our sponsor, GameTime. I'm excited to introduce you to GameTime. Did you know that one in three Americans will attend a sporting event this year? That's a lot of people and a lot of money spent on tickets. That's why, to make it easy for you to buy the tickets you want when and where you want them at prices that are actually fair, GameTime is there. GameTime, you can find tickets for any sport or event happening near you. And if there's no event nearby, They'll help you find one. That's more convenient for your schedule. We'll even give you directions so they don't so you don't get lost on your way there. And if you're interested in supporting the channel, use the link in the description to buy your tickets. And now on to our first topic. Three t- troublesome takeaways from the Los Angeles or excuse me, from the Washington Wizards. The Dallas Mavericks suffered their second straight disappointing loss on Thursday night as they fell to the Wizards 113-105 in the nation's capital. Lucas struggled from the field at the line, and the Mavs could not find a way to win despite Bradley Beal being out. Kyle Kuzma saved the Wizards on Thursday as he went for 36 points, but he was far from the only Wizard who stepped up. The Mavericks struggled mightily in the second half for the second straight game as they had just 44 points. It was a disappointing night for all, as Dallas just should not lose games like this, much less two straight. The Wizards made things tough on number 77 by sending multiple defenders, and the Mavs just could not figure things out on Thursday night. And these are three takeaways from the disappointing loss. Number three, Lucas' free throw woes are back. Lucas struggled for the second straight night. He scored 30 or more points in his first nine games to open the season. But that was snapped on Wednesday night in Orlando, and the 23-year-old superstar still could not find his shot on November 10th in the nation's capital. He struggled from the field, but his biggest woes came at the line. Over his previous five games, Lucas' free throw shooting dipped to 70.2%, and he made just three of nine on Thursday night. He is a career 73% foul shooter, but he shot better each of the last two years. His struggles returned against the Wizards. Lucas' free throw shooting is somewhat to watch closely as the season progresses. His free throw attempts are way up as he is taking 11.2 per game, and the Mavericks need him to make them if they want to finish in the top four in the conference again this season. 
It was a bad loss on Thursday night to the shorthanded Wizards, and Luka's struggles were a massive factor in the second straight loss by Dallas. Number two, can't overcome Luka's struggles. Luka finished with 22 points, 9 rebounds, 6 assists, and 2 steals in 39 minutes of action on Thursday. He was just 8-21 from the field and struggled from the foul line. It was the second straight game where number 77 failed to top 30 points, and it was a forgettable night for the unbelievable talent. The Mavs needed the rest of the team to step up on Thursday night, but it just did not happen. Spencer Dinwiddie was fantastic. He finished with 33 points and 6 assists against his former team. And Dwight Powell had 14 points and 7 rebounds, but Dallas did not get enough from everybody else. The Wizards were doubling Luka and forcing him to give up the ball. All Dallas needed to do was make open shots, but they struggled to do that, especially in the second half. The Mavs scored just 44 second-half points and shot 43% from the field in another bad loss. The Mavs bench could not find it on Thursday night as they clearly missed Christian Wood. They were just 8-29 from the field, and five of those makes came from Tim Hardaway. It was an all-around disappointing loss to a team that did not have their two best players. The biggest letdown on Thursday night was the Mavericks' defense. And number three, or number one, I should say, is defense. Like we just mentioned, the Mavs played stout defense in Orlando, but they did not hit their shots in a bad loss to the shorthanded Magic. They did the opposite in the nation's capital. Dallas made 18 three-pointers, but they gave up 113 points to the Wizards, Without Bradley Beal, head coach Jason Kidd has emphasized defense since joining the Mavericks in the summer of 2021, so he will not be happy with the team's effort on Thursday night. Kyle Kuzma toasted the Mavs for 36 points, and the word Wizards as a team shot 48.8% from the field and 40% from the three-point range. There were too many defensive breakdowns to overcome, especially on the second night of a back-to-back set. The Mavericks were ninth in defensive rating coming into the game, but Thursday's struggles did not help them. Can C- Coach Kidd get his team back to playing stout defense? They reached the conference finals last season on the back of their defense. They held the Jazz to 100 or fewer points four times in the first round of the playoffs. And the Suns had their three lowest scoring games against the Mavericks in the conference semifinals. Dallas needs to defend well if they want to make a- another run, and that did not happen against the Wizards. The Dallas Mavericks dropped both games on the road trip, and now they head back to the DFW for a five-game homestead. Next up is a battle against the Trail Blazers on Saturday night, and fans know Luka and Damian Lillard always get into a scoring duel, so don't miss it. Before we move on, give us a thumbs up if you like our video, subscribe to the channel, and hit that bell notification button to be notified of future videos, and out Always let us know your thoughts in the comment section below. Uh, let us know if there's something we got wrong, something we missed, something we should have covered, or something you want covered in the next episode. Let us know. And now on to the next topic. Despite a loss to Orlando, there are three encouraging takeaways from the disappointing loss to Orlando. The Dallas Mavericks lost to the Orlando Magic 94-87 after they scored just 33 points in the second half. Dallas was getting quality looks, but they did not fall. Wednesday's tip-off was moved up to 4.30 p.m. because of the severe weather that was expected to hit Florida, so perhaps that threw the Mavs out of their rhythm. 
Superstar Luka snapped his streak of 30-point games to open the season at 9, but there were plenty of positives from number 77, despite his poor shooting. He did not turn the ball over, and that was not even the most impressive part of his performance. It was a disappointing loss for the Mavericks, as their offense struggled mightily in Orlando, but there were plenty of positives to take from the contest. These are the three biggest things from the November 9th loss in Orlando. Number three, poor shooting, but defense. The Mavs shot just 37% from the field as they missed seven of their 19 free throws. They just did not hit shots on Wednesday night. Only one player had it going on the offensive end of the floor, but the Mavericks stayed in the game with their defense. Orlando scored just 94 points and Dallas just needed a few more makes to secure the win. The Mavs forced 18 turnovers, but they could not capitalize. The defense was strong on Wednesday night, but the Magic got some hot shooting, and they dominated the glass with their length to pull the upset. Credit to the Magic on the win, but the Mavs will be happy with their defense. Fans know they will score with Luka leading the charge, so their difference will be the difference between making a playoff run and being knocked out early. Expect a deed to build on this performance. Number two, Dinwiddie bounces back. Spencer Dinwiddie officially ended his hot streak on Monday night as he scored just two points in a win over the Brooklyn Nets. He did have six rebounds and five assists, but the 6'5 guard hit just one of his eight field goals in a forgettable night that ended a streak where he had scored 20 plus and three in the last four and four in the last six. It was a one game thing as Dinwiddie went off against the Magic on November 9th. He was not done there as Dinwiddie finished with 29 points on 9 of 19 shooting from the field, including four three-pointers made against Orlando. He also had five rebounds, four assists, two steals, and one block and a strong all-around performance from the 29-year-old guard. The Mavericks needed their other starting guard to step up on Wednesday night with Christian Wood out with a knee injury, and Dinwiddie did not disappoint in Orlando. The rest of the team struggled, but Dinwiddie continues to prove that he is capable of being the team's second-leading scorer this season. There will be some inconsistence, but Dinwiddie is ready to take on the added responsibility. Number one, Luka is upping his defense. Luka scored 30-plus points in the first nine games to open the regular season, but that streak came to an end on Wednesday night. The 23-year-old struggled to find his jumper as the entire team's offense was stuck in the swamp in Orlando. Luka did not let his poor shooting impact the rest of his game, though. Luka finished with 24 points, 6 rebounds, 6 assists, 3 steals, and 2 blocks in 35 minutes of action. He made just 9 of his 29 field goals, including going 2 of 11 from 3-point range and missing 3 of his 7 free throws. It was a night to forget on the offensive end from Luka, but he continues to make plays on the defensive end. Luka was ninth in the NBA in steals coming into the game, and that only improved with his three on Wednesday night. He's not the best defender in the world, but he is using his quick hands and size to make plays. Luka's defense has taken a step forward this season, and that will be a key part of their success in the postseason. It was a disappointing loss that ended Luka's scoring streak, but it was not all bad from Dallas. They had a terrible shooting night, and it cost them the game. Luckily, they will not have to wait long to bounce back. And now on to our next topic. Why there's a zero chance of trading for Anthony Davis. 
The Dallas Mavericks are searching for a second star to pair with Luka. They want to be annual title contenders, and the Mavs have the toughest piece to acquire in a top-five player. But his supporting cast needs improvement. The easiest path, I should say, is acquiring a second all-star. And the standings suggest the Lakers could make Anthony Davis available at some point. Bill Simmons kicked off the speculation as the Lakers currently sit at 2-8 and and 14th in the Western Conference. They sent out a ton of draft capital to acquire AD and Russell Westbrook, and the experiment has been a disaster. They lack spacing, shooting, and defense, which puts them in danger of missing the playoffs for the second straight year. The Lakers would love to trade Russell Westbrook and become contenders again. LeBron James and Anthony Davis won the championship, in 2020, but what if a Westbrook trade is not enough to push them back into contention? Do the Lakers push the rebuild button and look to trade AD? Even if they do, these are four reasons why the Dallas Mavericks have no chance to acquire him before February's trade deadline. Number one, the Lakers will want more than draft picks from Dallas Mavericks in any AD trade. Trading Davis only makes sense for the Lakers if it allows them to build a contender around LeBron James and his twilight. They are a premier brand that has no interest in rebuilding. The Lakers want to win now, and James only has a few years left in his peak. Bleacher Report recently floated an AD trade deal featuring the Mavs, but the Lakers are going to want more than draft capital to move on from the 6'10 star. The Lakers are not rebuilding because they do not control their own draft picks until at least 2027. LA may look to trade Davis if they get role players or another star return, but they are not doing it just for draft picks. Is AD untouchable? No, the Lakers would be forced to seriously consider star-for-star trades, dangling him to improve their roster, but they are not likely to accept the value they are getting in return for the eight-time All-Star. Next, would Dallas Mavericks overlook the injury history of Anthony Davis in a trade? Part of the calculus in trading away Kristaps at the deadline last season was his questionable availability. He was not the second star the Mavs needed next to Luka in part because the organization never knew when he was going to be on the floor. The Dallas sold low as they looked to find a better fit and the deal helped the Mavericks reach the conference finals. Davis may be a bigger injury risk than Porzingis. Since joining the Lakers in 2019, AD has played in 138 of 225 possible regular season games, or just 61%. He did play 62 of 71 games during the Lakers championship season in 2020, but he has struggled to stay on the court. The Mavericks would be taking a significant risk in acquiring AD. His injury history has to factor into his trade value. The Lakers are going to want talent and draft capital to trade Anthony Davis. The Mavs should not mortgage their entire future on this trade because he has struggled to stay healthy. The 29-year-old was not an all-star last year because he missed so many games. Trading Davis does not make sense for the Lakers for just that reason. The Lakers have zero reasons to trade Anthony Davis to Dallas Mavericks or any team. The Lakers want to contend for the championship every year. They believe they can always land a marquee talent and be in the title mix. L.A. was spoiled by decades of Kobe Bryant, Magic Johnson, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Shaquille O'Neal, and now LeBron James. All they know and want is to be in the hunt. Trading Davis just does not make sense. 
Are they going to move the brow for another star player? How, how often do fans see challenge trades in the NBA? Swapping star players is not a regular occurrence, and it is probably not happening here. So then what? LA is going to deal Davis for young talent they can hope transforms into a star player. That does not make sense when fans consider LeBron James is 37 years old and has logged over 52,000 regular season NBA minutes, 11,000 more in the postseason. Father Time is undefeated, and LeBron cannot play in an elite level forever. The Lakers have no time to wait for talent to develop. No trade packages make sense for the Lakers. They need to clear Westbrook's contract and try to add pieces around LeBron and AD to get back into contention. The focus should be on shooting and perimeter defense. Davis is a plus defender that can switch, but Los Angeles needs the perimeter cover to make him most effective. If the Lakers decide to blow it up and make Davis available, fans should still not expect to see him in a Mavericks uniform. In number four, some team will top that Mavericks' current best offer for AD. The Mavs owe their 2023 first round pick to the Knicks from the original Kristaps trade and the selection has a, has a top 10 protection. Dallas expects it to convey which will leave them with an entire cupboard of first round picks to deal in the summer of 2023, but they cannot do it yet. The Mavericks can offer two first rounders and three swaps right now and a handful of salary matching role players like Spencer Dinwiddie, Christian Wood, Dorian Finney-Smith, Reggie Bullock, and others. Is that enough to land a star player? Not yet. The Mavs will have a shot at anyone that becomes available in the summer, but they will have to wait until then. Some team out there will top the Mavericks' best offer for AD if he hits the open market before the deadline. Another team will offer three firsts and three swaps, or a young, promising talent, and multiple draft picks. Davis is still in his prime and proved he can be a standout on a championship team when the Lakers won the title in 2020. Acquiring him will take a massive haul and the Mavs just cannot match the best offers out there. Will the Lakers trade AD this season? Don't expect it, but anything is possible if their struggles continue. The clock is ticking on LeBron's prime and the Lakers want to maximize what is left. Expect the Dallas Mavericks to make multiple calls, but ultimately they will not have enough to acquire AD. But it is always fun to speculate. Let us know your thoughts in the comment section below. Do you think that Mavericks could make a trade for Anthony Davis? If so, what do you think it would take? Would it make sense to trade away any of the Mavs superstar players? Let us know. And now on to our next topic, which is actually another trade um, opinion. Reasons that Ben Simmons trade would make the Mavs worse. The Dallas Mavericks just finished off a season series sweep of the Brooklyn Nets on November 7th as Luka managed to increase his consecutive games with 30 plus points to 9 to begin the season. It is the second longest mark to open a season NBA history, but it has the number 77 usage rate leading the league for the third straight year and bordering on an all-time mark. Luka is doing too much, and the team needs to get him more help. The Mavs would love to add a second star, but they need another ball handler and playmaker. Jalen Brunson's departure in free agency has left Dallas with just Luka and Spencer Dinwiddie to do the heavy lifting. 
Can the Mavs fill both needs with one move? The Brooklyn Nets are off to a slow and rocky start with plenty of drama. Could they put a 26-year-old three-time All-Star on the market? What return would they get for Ben Simmons if the Nets do move on? The Mavs were linked as a suitor for Simmons recently, but here are five reasons why acquiring the 6'10 point guard would make the team worse. Dallas Mavericks need shooters, and Ben Simmons won't shoot even when left open. The Mavs rely on creating space for Luka to attack the rim and kick to shooters. The 23-year-old superstar is one of the best finishers at the rim, at the rim, excuse me, and his elite vision allows him to make every pass. The Mavericks led the league in offensive rating in 2020, and they are back near the top this season with Luka leading the charge. Simmons shrinks the space on the floor. He has attempted just two shots outside the paint through the Nets' first 11 games, and the 26-year-old missed both. Simmons has put up 35 three-point attempts over his seven-year NBA career and has connected on just five of them. The 6'10 point guard is working his way back after missing more than a full year of basketball, so proceed with caution on his current numbers and a small sample. But he is not attacking the rim like all-star Ben Simmons. His shot attempts are way down, and Simmons is hesitant to get fouled. Even if his elite def defense returns, the Dallas Mavericks cannot have a reluctant shooter on the floor with Luka. It will cramp their spacing and slow down one of the best offenses in the NBA. And that goes without mentioning the problematic schematic fit with Simmons and Dallas. Number two, Ben Simmons loves playing in transition, but Dallas Mavericks play slow. Simmons was top 10 in transition possessions in 2020 and 2021. The 6'10 guard is not the most efficient scorer in these situations, but he loves to get out and run. He needs space to get to the rim and finish, and the easiest way to do that is with the defense getting back in transition. The Mavs have been by far the slowest paced team in the NBA during a one-plus season with Jason Kidd as head coach. Superstar Luka loves to conduct in the half court and play at his tempo. Dallas dissects teams and takes care of the ball. Could Simmons thrive in that system? He needs the ball to be at his best, and the Mavericks have Luka. They're going to play the way that fits their superstar best, and that is not what Simmons wants to do. He wants to go fast, and the Mavericks are unlikely to increase their pace anytime soon. The Mavericks reached the conference finals on the back of their defense last season, and they could still be interested if Ben Simmons transforms the team into an elite defensive squad again, but he is struggling on that end of the floor too. Number three. Dallas Mavericks emphasized defense, and Ben Simmons has struggled since his back injury. Simmons made the all-defensive team twice during his team with the Sixers, and he led the league in steals per game in 2020. The 6'10 forward has the size to defend inside and the athletic ability to guard on the perimeter. He was one of the few players that had success slowing down Luka, but he may not be that same player. Simmons missed four games with a knee injury this season, and he is coming off a season-ending back surgery after missing the first portion of the last year holding out. To think Simmons gets back to that elite defender is no sure thing. He currently rates 185 out of 252 qualified players in 538's defensive Raptor. Simmons needs to be an elite defender to make up for his offensive limitations. Without the defense, the 6'10 guard cannot produce anywhere near the three years and $113 million left on his contract. 
He is paid like one of the best players in the league, but he is not producing like one so far this season. Next up, number four. Ben Simmons would give Dallas Mavericks another injury risk. Simmons was drafted with the first overall pick in 2016, so he should be in his seventh year in the NBA. But the forward has missed two full seasons already. For his career, Simmons has played in just 282 of his 484 possible regular season games, or just 58.2%. The Mavericks took a swing on a talented young all-star coming off a significant injury when they traded for Chris Dapps back in 2019, and the fans know how that turned out. Dallas reached the playoffs twice, but KP struggled to stay healthy, and the team never advanced beyond the first round of the playoffs. Why would things be different with Simmons? He's an injury risk that is arguably a worse fit next to Luka. General Manager uh, Nico Harrison blew up the experiment in last season's trade deadline, so why would he be eager to get right back into the same business? All of this makes zero mention of Ben Simmons' playoff struggles with the Sixers. Eh, could pop back up as the Dallas Mavericks try to make a run with Luka. Simmons is one of the riskiest stars on the market right now, and trading for him could create an even bigger problem for the Mavericks. Well, that's all we got for this episode of the Mavs Court Report. Let us know your thoughts in the comment section below. Give us a thumbs up if you like our video, subscribe to the channel, and as always, thank you so much for watching and listening. We will see you next time. This has been the Mavs Court Report with your host, Larry Lease. Thank you so much for watching and listening, and be sure to subscribe to us on all major podcast platforms, including Good Pods, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere you get your podcasts from. Until next Friday, go Mavs!